Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. 2017 is going to be a year of fighting for our lives. These are words coming from the mouth of writer and union activist Van Badham. The occasion? The Women's March against Trump on January the 21st in Melbourne. The full speech later in the program. Diversity isn't just a word or a politically correct behaviour. It is what happened down at St Kilda on Sunday, January the 29th as part of the Midsummer Pride March. Victoria Trades Hall had a contingent and Stick Together's Matt Kunkel was there as well. But first, some union news. In the ongoing dispute at Pamelat Dairy Plant in Echuca in northern Victoria, the multinational dairy company has retaliated against a planned four-hour stop-work protected action with an indefinite lockout. The workers and their unions, the AMWU and the CEPU, have been negotiating the renewal of the EBA for over six months. The company, which has reportedly earned $1.5 billion in 2015, wants to lock the workers out indefinitely and tear up the existing EBA. Like greedy employers around the country, the company wants workers to work longer hours for less pay and with reduced conditions, but insists it is negotiating in good faith. The Manufacturing Workers Union Secretary Tom Hale said, I think it's very heavy-handed. I think they're out to pick a fight. The members have said we still want a fair agreement, we want to maintain our wages and conditions and we want to maintain permanent full-time jobs. Mr Hale said the union had met with the company 13 times to negotiate an agreement since mid-last year. The plant closed indefinitely until the dispute is resolved. The union is encouraging people to go to the AMWU page for info and to email Parmalat CEO to tell him that corporate greed has to stop. Palamat makes Paul's, Valia and Oak Dairy products. A safety summit organised by the Transport Workers Union, the TWU, will take place in early February, bringing together academics, industry and regulators to discuss solutions to the crisis of safety in the transport industry. The Transport Workers Union reports that out of a total of 176 work-related deaths last year, 63 were in the transport industry, the next highest industry for fatalities agriculture at 40 deaths. The Federal Transport Minister recently acknowledged the role that fatigue plays in truck crashes. The only real way to tackle this problem is to ensure drivers are not pressured into driving longer hours. That means stopping the squeeze by the big retailers and manufacturers on the transport supply chain, said Tony Sheldon, TWU National Secretary. This simply is carnage and the federal government is doing nothing about it. Last year, they tore down an independent tribunal investigating the pressures on road transport workers that caused truck crashes and now they have no solutions to this crisis. The transport workers have a right to be safe at work. The government needs to honour that right, 
said Sheldon. 2017 is a time of shifting sands in industrial relations as the big end of town flexes its muscles, wanting more of the wealth and power to itself. A common theme in mining, construction, manufacturing is the employer's concerted move to slash wages, casualise, extend hours, insecurity of employment and loss of life-work balance. This takeover of authoritarianism monetarism and legalism is interfering with more and more people's ability to live their lives. A case in point is age pensioners in Australia being told their pension is a welfare payment when, in reality, it's a thing paid for through their contribution to society over their lives. In Australia, many of the Tory politics like this have been taken from the international right-wing songbook. Two things happened internationally over the last few weeks which show how close the system is to being ready for genuine change. The first, in America, US President Trump's executive order to close America's borders to travellers from some Muslim-majority countries is causing chaos at major airports across America as multiple people who had flown to the US were held at major airports while others were barred boarding flights or were pushed off planes overseas. Pre-approved refugees, students and workers holding visas and residency green cards were barred from flights to the US, according to reports emerging from Amsterdam, Frankfurt and Cairo and other cities across Europe, the Middle East and Africa. By evening in New York, hundreds of protesters had massed at Kennedy Airport and demonstrators gathered at at least 10 other major airports including Dulles, Lacks, San Francisco, Denver and Philadelphia. As confusion reigned at airports, universities and businesses across the US, a spokesperson for the Department of Homeland Security confirmed that people with green cards, making them legal permanent US residents, were included in the ban. Trump's executive order, signed on Friday, January the 27th, temporarily banned refugees from around the world, blocked Syrian refugees indefinitely and halted entry for 90 days for people from seven predominantly Muslim countries, Iraq, Syria, Iran, Yemen, Sudan, Libya and Somalia. Taxi drivers stopped work at JFK in support of the people detained. The American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, filed a lawsuit challenging the detention as unconstitutional. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo ordered state transit officials and attorneys to explore all legal options to assist anyone detained at New York airports and ensure that their rights are protected. By 7pm local time, thousands of people had gathered at Kennedy Airport chanting, let them in, and taxi drivers had staged a stoppage there in solidarity. The point being that laws coming from the top of the system are now being reassessed as it affects the people in untenable ways. If we go to the UK, another Tory-led country that is privatising and taxing the poor and in the middle of a crisis in the National Health Service, the following speech by Labor leader Jeremy Corbyn on January the 15th joins the dots 
giving real insight to how change may be needed to avert chaos. The people who run Britain have been taking this country for a ride. They've stitched up our political system to protect the powerful. They've put the country at risk by taking us into, frankly, disastrous foreign wars. They've rigged the economy and business rules to line the pockets of their friends. They've slashed taxes for the richest. Another £70 billion is going to be slashed by 2022 and cut pay and vital services for the rest. They've sold off our country's assets and handed over public services to be milked by tax dodgers. They've piled up debt while failing to invest in jobs and industries of the future. The truth is, the system simply doesn't work for most people. Labour, under my leadership, stands for a complete break with this rigged system. We will hand back wealth and control to people and communities. We'll put the public back into our economy and break the grip of vested interests. We'll make sure the corporations and the riches pay their fair share of taxes. We will end the race to the bottom in the jobs market and guarantee education and employment rights for all. The Conservatives promised to fix the roof while the sun was shining. How many times did we hear that from David Cameron? Instead, they carried on fixing the system for an elite few at the top and ignoring the needs of the roof. The Royal College of Nursing, NHS conditions are the worst ever. Royal College of Physicians, the NHS is underfunded, underdoctored, and overstretched. The Prime Minister tells us this morning that the real reason we have a crisis in the NHS is not because the government has slashed billions from social care budgets and underfunded our National Health Service. No, the real culprits in all this are the hard-pressed and under-pressure GPs. A Prime Minister who would much rather listen to spin doctors than real doctors. I suggest she goes to visit a surgery and asks doctors what it's like. I don't keep talking about the National Health Service because it's in Labour's comfort zone. I talk about the NHS because it's in a danger zone at the present time. Much of this is about the systematic neglect of our elderly people, over a million of whom are not getting the social care they need. We will not let the elderly down. People who've worked and contributed all their lives in taxes and made a huge contribution to our society. So a Labour government would give social care the funding it needs and give a firm commitment to take failed private care homes into public ownership to maintain the social care protection that our people need. Our party and movement of over half a million members, millions of affiliated trade unionists, coming together to campaign for what we believe in. A country in which power and wealth is in the hands of the many, not the few. Thank you very much. You're on Stick Together, union news and social justice issues. Made at 3CR in Melbourne, broadcast on the Community Radio Network and arriving on your local community radio station. US President Trump was inaugurated on January the 20th to marches of dissent across America and across the world, including Australia. We're going to take you to one of the largest of these women's marches held in Melbourne to listen to a tub 
thumping call to action against the right given by writer, journalist and unionist Van Bedham. Now for our final speaker, a woman who needs no introduction, a powerful journalist who uses her words to fight and smash the capitalist and patriarchal world we're in. Van Badham, everyone. Hello, Melbourne. My God, you cannot imagine how beautiful it is to be here and see how many of you are out there. Give yourselves a huge round of applause. What an inspiration to the other women around the world who are taking action on this dark, dark week. But from the outset, the most important acknowledgement of all, it is the honour and privilege of my life to stand here today speaking to you on Aboriginal land. I pay full respect to the Elders past, present and emerging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Thank you for letting me be here today. I'd also like to acknowledge that it hasn't been an easy thing for a lot of us to come out today, given the absolute tragedy that took place in our beautiful city yesterday. And I'm sure I'm one of many who are grieving for that senseless act of violence that hit our city like a wound to the face. And in respect for the families who are suffering an unimaginable grief today, I'd like everybody to take a couple of seconds of silence in acknowledgement of their pain. We have such an important task ahead. We have the struggle of our lives ahead. Ideas that we thought had been scourged from the mainstream many decades ago are back. They are back at the front and centre of campaigns being waged across the world. Nationalism, self-interest, misogyny, structuralised racism, absolutely unabashed homophobia, an attack on the progressive, inclusive values of diversity that have brought peace and have brought harmony and have brought sanctuary to so many. We are in it for the fight of our goddamn lives and let us not pretend, let us not pretend that that fight is not taking place here. When the four One Nation senators were elected last year, it was on about 4.5% of the vote. They are now outpolling the Greens. They are using the internet, organising structures, groups, talking to one another, misinformation, the propaganda of hate and division, and they are working like they never have before to build their platform and their influence. Let's acknowledge... Let's acknowledge this shameful, shameful capitulation to the politics of Hansenism by Malcolm Turnbull this week. And the shameful capitulation to the politics of Hansenism by Colin Barnett in Western Australia this week. Religious persecution, picking on minorities, attacking women, and on something so pathetic, so base, and so controlling as the basic individual human right for women to decide what they can bloody wear. This is 
difference. It is hateful, evil propaganda that is spread like a false spur of hope to people who are desperate. And unless we acknowledge why these ideas are taking root in the persuadable group of the Australian electorate, we are doomed to fail. We have to, have to acknowledge the scourge of casualisation, of insecure work, of attacks on minimum wage, and attacks on penalty rates, and attacks on workplace safety, and attacks on the right of people to go, home, to, go to work in the reasonable expectation that they will come home again. It's this insecurity, this fear, this economic destabilisation that makes large communities of isolated people who do not live in diverse communities perfect targets for hate, perfect targets for a bit of xenophobia, perfect targets for blaming those feminists, those Muslims, those immigrants, those refugees. We hear it again and again and again. The only thing that changes is the name of the scapegoat. solidarity alike but we have to live it if you are a feminist and you are not a member of a union you are not doing feminism properly if you want to have a conversation with the working class there's a really easy way to do it and that's participate in it your workplace your community your church group your political organization your student union your neighborhood and your goddamn family these are where we will and must organize we stand for something better in this country and that is a principle of egalitarianism with the bloodshed and genocide of indigenous people that this country is built on, we have a long way to go, my God. But if we know that, if we have in our hearts the recognition of that fundamental injustice, how the hell are we not fighting every injustice now? Our comrades are those who work our comrades are those who exist in the community in positions of disadvantage that are so often silenced and invisibilised. We are a community that must see the participation of everybody accommodated. Accommodated fairly and accommodated structurally. Because if you want to understand what's going on in the United States of America, the absolute monstrous fear of that population, let's consider what it's like to live in a country like that that doesn't have award wages where minimum wage in some states is less than $3 an hour, where there are no penalty rates, where casualisation is rife, where one in seven American families live in food poverty, where if you are a First Nations woman to earn what a white man does in a year, you'd have to do an extra nine months of work. Do not think that that can't happen here. And do not think that you are powerless by being here, by speaking out, by showing up, by extending the hand to the person who needs your help. You are part of the difference. You are part of the response. You are part of the change.
You being here today gives courage to women and everybody else across the world. That the motivated, the engaged, that we are not in silos, we are not elites, we are the boring, the ordinary, the plain. We are those who build the fabric of society from threads in a thousand different varieties and we will not have a supremacy take that away from us. Put your hands in the air and I want you to chant for everybody in the world who is watching this today, one word, solidarity. You're on Stick Together, Union News and Social Justice Issues. On Sunday, January the 29th, as part of the Midsummer Pride March in Melbourne, celebrating gender diversity and inclusivity, Victorian Trades Hall and member unions formed a contingent. Stick Together's Matt Kunkel was there and filed this report. We've just marched at the Pride March and joining me is Will Strike from Trades Hall. Thanks for joining us, Will. My pleasure, Matt. (laughs) Can you let us know why it was important for you as a trade unionist to march today? Uh, Well, we march because unions stand for equality. We march because LGBTIQ workers are members of their unions. So we stand in solidarity with them in their struggle for um, full rights. And what's next? This is obviously marching's one thing, but what's next for the trade union movement supporting LGBTIQ people? Well, lots of different unions are doing different things. Um, So the Australian Education Union, all the education unions will keep working on supporting the Safe Schools program. Uh, So there are different unions setting up um, LGBTIQ member groups. What we'll do at Trades Hall is uh, we're planning to do some forums on workplace rights this year. Um, What we know is that around 40% of um, LGBTIQ workers aren't out at work because they just don't feel safe. So what we want to do is give them information about where to go when they don't feel safe or when something happens at their workplace that they know is wrong. Um, we want to give them the information and then we want to f- um, give them the support they need. All right, also joining me is Amy Jenkins. Hi, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, comrades. Uh, can you let us know why it was important for you to march today? I'm a proud unionist and a proud queer woman. It's, um, it was important to me today because I think that, you know, it's so important to show the community that uni- this is what unions are about, that we're not just this, this you know, idea that's thrown around of the working class is just a bunch of old white blokes. There are plenty of them, but there are plenty of other people as well, and we're all in this together. It's important for me to march because I, you know, I'm a proud queer woman and I'm a proud unionist. And what's next? What's next? Um, I'm really excited that we're going to be doing more in the space. Um, there's definitely more that can be done within the union movement to change views. You know, we're, we're a broad church, as well as you know, making sure that we're really getting out there with the queer community and making sure that they're, they're joining their unions because they, they need rights and they can't get them without a union. And, and what's the one thing that union members can do to help out their LGBTIQ comrades in the workplace? Um, check out the CPSU's latest report with the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. They've just released a really great guide of um, clauses that can be included in your EBA, um, from you know parental leave for rainbow families, you know uh, 
how to make a workplace safer for, for tra trans people when they're transitioning. It's really broad. It's a really great report. Um, but if you're not in an EBA workplace, you know, um, solidarity is important and making sure that people know that you're there for them and that you support them and being outward about that um, and making sure that you have your views known um, so that it feels like a safest place for everyone. Ella, can you tell us what union you're a member of and why you marched today? Uh, I'm a member of the Australian Services Union uh, and I march today because I'm a proud unionist but I'm also a proud lesbian and to me those two parts of my life are inseparable. I don't stop being gay when I go to work and I also don't stop being a unionist when I come to Pride March so it's really important for those two aspects of my life to come together. And can you tell us a little bit about the reception the union contingent got today at the march? I reckon it was the best reception we've ever got. This is my third Pride March with the unions and it was definitely the biggest one. It's very clear what we were and we had heaps of people shouting from the side, you know, go the unions, which is awesome to hear. Um, I saw the Secretary of the Independent Education Union hugging some rank and filers who, you know, were just so excited to see the IEU marching and it, right at the end there I saw a young woman just shouting, you know, power to the nurses and midwives. So it's a pretty cool feeling down here. My name's Lucas Evans and I'm here representing the Victorian Allied Health Professionals Association. And and why did you march today? Um, I wanted to show uh, solidarity amongst our members and to show that, um, you know, union pride is a wonderful thing and, you know, we should be pr proud to be gay and proud to be union members. What's one thing that union members can do to support their LGBTIQ comrades in the workplace? Um, I think they should join their union um, and then make sure their unions that they're members of have LGBTIQ plus committees um, and they're active in them and making sure that we're fighting for um, rights in our agreement that represent both um, heterosexual and also um, homosexual people. Um, the, I think the union contingent was really wonderful today. A lot of people were really uh, proud to see us. A lot of people were yelling out, yay, union pride. Um, and it was wonderful to look back and just see the, the union contingent um, stretch back for about at least a city block was much, uh, much increased on the numbers of last year. Thank you. So I'm an organiser with the CPSU. Um, and we march because we're a very progressive um, union and we're proud to stand with our LGBTI brothers and sisters. And we support marriage equality and we support... Um, yeah, everything that the gay community has to offer. What's something that union members can do in their workplace that will provide real support to LGBTIQ comrades? I think just letting, letting their um, co-workers who they might know are queer know that they're there and that they support them and that it's a safe place for them to come out and to be who they are. It's always an amazing reception at a Pride March. We had people yelling out, yay CPSU, yay unions, so yeah, it's really positive. And you'll be back next year? For sure, every year. All right, thanks, Beck. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks for you for listening. Thanks to Van Bedham, the union members of the Pride March in Melbourne, and Jeremy Corbin for talking to us. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne. We're broadcast nationally on the community radio network and we arrive at your local community radio station. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time. Inspiration, through the workers' blood has run. There can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. But what force on earth is weaker 
than the feeble strength of one. Tis the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Just laws cannot defeat us. 